All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I am your host today, Jared Timms, and hello Twitter, or hello YouTube. Wow, I said it wrong right to begin with. Um, well, I mean, Twitter will probably see this too, um, but this is a little bit different for us. I, I told you guys as we were coming into the new year, uh, we're going to switch things up a little bit, and um, I'm hoping that this is going to work. This is kind of our, our test episode here with everybody. I, I think you guys can probably see Brock Davis is back, Nate's back. Told you guys we're going to get John back. I've been talking with Derek. Derek's going to be coming back on once. Football season has come to conclusion. Hopefully the Rams have won a Super Bowl championship for Derek, so he can be extremely excited for that. Um, but, guys, I am super excited. Like I said, first off, hopefully this works. Second second off, let's start with Brock. Brock, how you doing, my friend? It's, it's been a little while. Clue us in on what's going on. I, I know that I, I believe you're getting married. Yeah, so my life has been a whirlwind man it's it's been crazy i like you said i got engaged a while ago it's been like a year and a half but we've been planning the wedding i got promoted to supervisor at my job um and i finished two associate degrees and all this year so my 2021 was very productive and i'm just hoping that i think 2022 is going to be focused on personal and fun and this podcast and we're building a house this year getting married this year going to bali for our honeymoon this year and i just bought a bunch of baseball gear because it all got stolen a couple years back and i'm joining a men's league in march so i'm gonna play some ball what position what position i know we've been over this before because i think we talked about this and you played in high school could play yeah What, what position do you play uh i mean i love shortstop and third base and and pitching those are my those are my three but my arm hurt like immediately today after throwing like 20 pitches. So we'll see how that goes. Oh man. I'm uh, I'm not looking forward to the next time I have to throw. Um, we'll see when that is. I have no idea, but Nate, I see you with the headphones on. We get to see our ugly mugs this time. I- I'm excited. Like I said, I'm excited for this. YouTube. I don't know if I'm excited for that. That's, that's <laughs> yeah. Now, now you guys don't just get to hear us. You guys get to actually see us and see, you know, what we get, what we do, what we're, uh, you know, how we roll. It's probably going to be a little bit easier on us, though, guys, because I can be like, uh, hold on, wait a second, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and you can just point to people. It makes it easy. And vice versa, instead of us just being on audio. Um, but, yeah, if you're listening to this on, you know, wherever you're listening to it, Apple, Spotify, uh, go give us a watch on YouTube. Like I said, hopefully, I'm hoping that this is all going to pan out and this is going to work. Um, I believe it's going to be Talking Halos on YouTube. Um, but I didn't even ask you. Nate, how you doing? It's going cool. well, you know, fantasy championship is this weekend. So it's been a, a long that. weekend just trying to sweat that out. It's been rough. Yeah, it's been a rough, it's been a rough day for me too, this fantasy championship Sunday. Um, and, and Brock, let's get back to you. I know you had a kind of interesting story. You're playing some, um, some MLB The Show and you ran into Talking Halos fan. Who was it? I, I'm intrigued to know. Was it the guy who said that I'm a bad host? <laughs> I sure hope not. Uh, he did say that he did like Nate, which is awesome because obviously, you know, Nate, Nate was the, our latest addition to the show. And obviously he's left a good impression. He's been more consistent than I sure as hell have been. Um, but judge Holden 85, um, shout out to him. We played MLB the show together and, uh, I don't want to get either of us in trouble, but he helped, he helped me out <laughs> and, uh, he deserves a shout out. So judge Holden 85 or Adam, I won't say your last name for anonymity. I said that word right, uh, but I'm back. You, you said you wanted me back, and I here I am. And hopefully uh, this year we'll we'll keep you listening every week, like you said you are. So thank you for being a fan. Thank you for listening. It was fun playing you, and uh, yeah. 
Well, that's cool. That, that That's really cool. It's good to, it's always good to hear that, you know, that we actually have some type of fan, some type of following. And I'm hoping, like I said, with this YouTube thing and, and you guys being able to see our you know, ugly faces, because I think we might be the, the ugliest three on, on YouTube now. Um, but, but it's, it, you know, we're not, we, uh, we definitely have radio voices or radio faces, um, for mm-hmm. and, it, and you know it is what it is boys but we'll make it work i'm excited for this this is kind of a new step uh, for talking halos and now we're gonna make, be making a lot more new steps um you'll actually be able to see our guests when we have them on I said i have a quite a few lined up now and i'm excited to to get them on and and you guys can talk or can see them and um and everything so let's guys start off with our question of the day before we get anything else rolling I asked it last night on Twitter. I'm going to ask it to you guys. Um, let's start with Nate because I think I talked to Brock first. Um, would you change the current MLB playoff formation, and what would you do to it if you would? Yeah, I, I think I'd change it just a little bit. Um, I think the biggest thing is I, I would like to see one more team in each league and then a best of three and just kind of let them all play each other. I, I think that – it really sucks the one game playoffs. You, you you basically get one game, which I mean that's what everybody wanted. That's what MLB wanted. That's why they got that. But um, I think for everything that the extra team just makes it a little bit more exciting. And you know, I, you you want to give the number one team an advantage, but you don't want to give them such a big advantage where they're getting to play at home and then they get to start their ace on top of that. So. I think allowing everyone to kind of even up the playing field a little bit would make it a little bit better. But Yeah. No, I, I know you mentioned it before that we talked about having kind of like the NFL does it. I'm kind of not in agreement with that just because of the point that you gave right away right there was, you know, like the ace is going to be ready. You know, if the, if uh, the Yankees per se, you know, are able to be the number one seed, they have Garrett Cole or whoever they want to throw right away. I mean, it, it, it it's kind of a, a, a big disadvantage, but then again, I guess there probably should be for the number one seed, right? I mean, you're the best team in baseball. Um, and then again, you look at what happened this year in the NL, uh, NL West with the Giants and Dodgers, the Dodgers would just got screwed over for winning a hundred and what, six games or something like that. The second best team in baseball by one game. Uh, and you know, it, it is what it is. So Brock, I'll throw it off to you. Would you make any changes to the current playoff format? See, my answer is, is going to be boring because I'm pretty much in agreement with Nate that I, I want some small adjustments. And I've always been kind of torn on the wild card game or series or whatever you want to call it, just because the one game do or die is so intense, right? Um, I couldn't even imagine. I mean, if the Angels made the one game wild card, dude, I'd be sweating bullets. I'd be like, do or die. This is nuts. And I would probably hate it. But watching it as a baseball fan, with other teams, it's more entertaining for me because I'm like, Hey, you got to do your best, put it all out there. You got one game, do or die. But I feel like if the angels were there, I'd be like, this should be a series. This is BS. So I feel like it should be best of three for the wild card. That's definitely one. Um, it's tough to say, I feel like there should be a bigger advantage for number one C team. So I do kind of like the NFL formatting of it just because they get because the number one C gets the buy, right? That's really the argument here with the NFL. So like you said, obviously if they're number one seed and they're going to be playing, say six seed, 
they're going to be having a huge advantage over them because they're going to be probably coming right out of the wild card series, two out of three, maybe even pitching their maybe two guy, maybe even like fourth guy, possibly depending. Uh, it's going to be tough for that for that six seed to compete with facing one, two, three, maybe four of the next team. But like you said, if you go out and you win 110 games and you're playing a team that went to wild card and won 86, like perks of being the best team, right? Right. So it's like you don't want it to be so fair to the point where, well, what's the point of even being the best? You get what I'm saying? It's like you all make the playoffs, but okay, the seeds are cool. But if the seed is basically getting no advantage or anything over the other team other than home field advantage, which we could argue all day whether that makes a humongous difference in the playoffs or not. I don't think it really does, depending on where it is and who the teams are. Uh, but I kind of agree with Nate that minor tweaks, nothing crazy, not necessarily an expanded playoffs, but just maybe one more team, best of three, just like Nate said. And I like the fact that the first team would get a buy. It's kind like of that. it's kind of interesting, actually, that you mentioned the home field advantage, and it's something that I think that a lot of people don't think about. I mean, we could go. We can go to the Astros. That's fine. Like that, that's home field advantage. It is what it is. They cheated. It, it is what it is. But don't you normally make a, I feel like GMs will make their teams around the home field, right? I mean, I, I, that's just my thought about it. So maybe there actually is a home field advantage, you know, at the end of the day, like if the Texas Rangers were making it to the, made it to the playoffs next year, they're going to have huge home field advantage with that pitching. And they played in that ballpark for 82 games. They know the bounces. They know the rolls. Like, you look at Angel Stadium, you know, if you bunt a ball down the third baseline, the ball's probably going to stay fair. Uh, that's not the same. That's not, you know, how it works at every ballpark. Or I think for me, in, in, a, in a sense, with the home field advantage, you have to look at how you made your team. Like, the Yankees made their team to just mm-hmm. hit balls as far as they freaking can. Like, one through nine, they're just going to go hit home runs because of that ballpark. The ball's going to fly there. Uh, the, the Rangers are making a, a pitching dominant team. I mean, now they've added a few other guys, but I just think the home field advantage is kind of missed upon in a sense. And Nate, I know for some strange reason, you're going to kind of agree with me on this one. I, I have a weird feeling, um, but I, I don't know. You know, that's, that's just kind of my thought on it. I think that a lot of, a lot of teams build around their ballpark nowadays, which is really, really smart. And it's something that I feel like it's hard for the angels to do because the angels don't have, what's the angels feature? Like, do they really have a short porch in, in right field for Shohei Otani? I mean, yes, kind of now they have, they do, but not really. I mean, pitching has been a big thing, but they haven't really built on the pitching side of things. I, I just, you know, I mean, Mike Trout, they haven't moved the fences in in center field for him to hit bombs in, in center field. I, I, I don't know. I, I think that that's so kind I of- have I have an interesting idea now that we're talking about this. Because I do think that home field advantage has, you know, like you said, they build their teams around it. Obviously, you know, if I guess because you know how they play the the certain divisions of interleague every year. So then maybe they're more fresh on a certain field. It's all about timing, right? If you go to the World Series and you're like, oh, we played at NL West this year. We're playing against the Padres. We played here however many times this year. We know how it works or whatever. But my idea is do it exactly how it's been before, right? With home field advantage and everything for wild card division uh, and championship. But when it gets to the world series, have a neutral stadium like football. That's interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like it for a one game, 
like the Super Bowl, like that's cool. You know, that's fine with me that it, that's, that's where it's at is that one place. Um, I don't know. Nate, what do you got on a, on a neutral site for a World Series? I'm, the only reason I'm not a fan of it is because of the – depending on where it's at, um, it's a huge advantage for a specific team. I mean, that's one of my big, big reasons for saying the Dodgers didn't win a World Series is because they got to play 20 straight games in Texas. Like, what other team got to play 20 straight games in Texas? Nobody. They were the only team. So they had a big, big advantage with that. So if, let's say, the the neutral site is Minnesota, and for some reason the White Sox end up in the World Series, it's like, hey, we played 25 games in Minnesota this year. I know exactly how to play. I know exactly what to do, this, this, and that. Where you get a, a National League team who comes in, and it's like, I haven't played in Minnesota yet. It's like, well, yeah, I guess that's probably fair because, you know, every six years you it could take. So – you could have some team who has never played in Minnesota and you get the White Sox in there or maybe even the Yankees. It's like, oh, we played in Minnesota, you know, 12 times this year. So that, that's the only thing where in, in the NFL, it's not as big of a deal. I mean, the, the fans are going to come no matter what because it's one game. You're not going to get the same fans in, in seven games. You know, those, those guys have to work and things like that. It's not going to be on a weekend. So – for me, I, I think the way that things are going, I, I like it. Uh, I just would – the only thing that we haven't talked about would be maybe getting rid of divisions. And I think that's something that could be talked about, especially if you're going to add uh, two extra teams, which I think needs to happen. I think expansion needs to happen. You know, the national team's coming. They're going to add one more team. Um, I don't know. Probably Montreal would be my guess, but who knows with that. And then what's the point of divisions at that point? Just take the six, seven best teams, eight best teams, however many you're taking uh, from the American League and from the National League and just let them play. And then you don't have to worry about, oh, man, the Dodgers got second place, but they won 106 games. Well, they're the number two seed. They had an opportunity to beat the Giants, and they didn't. Tough luck. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, this is something that we're all going to find out uh, with this new CBA. I think that this kind of all gets resolved with the new CBA. I don't know. I, that's that's kind of my thought on this. And um, – I'm intrigued. I'm glad that we kind of went deep on this. Uh, you know, normally our, our, the first question is just kind of a one to get us, get us into it, but I guess we, we've missed a lot since uh, I, the year. I don't like the neutral stadium idea. I'm just spitballing here because especially now thinking about what Nate's saying and thinking about the fact of like, say the, say the angels made the world series and it was a neutral stadium and it was in friggin' it was Minnesota. We'll just use Nate's example. Dude, I'm not going to Minnesota for seven games. You get what I'm saying? So that that part. I was thinking about the weather too. You know, like and that, yeah. Rob Manfred, why are you not having the World Series at Yankee Stadium too? I mean, granted, it's gonna be cold there, but I mean, balls are still gonna fly out. Or Colorado, you know, the ball is gonna fly out there. Like you're gonna your TV ratings are gonna go off off the chart because I mean, you can put a world you can put the World Series at a spot where balls are gonna fly. I mean, Houston, the ball's gonna go. Um, Cincinnati. You know, there, there are places where you can put the World Series every single season, and it would be like, well, well, you know, scores are going to be 30 to 20. I mean, not, I mean, not, not really, but you know what I'm saying? Like, the ball's going to fly. So, yeah, I, I, I'm – the neutral site's interesting. Um, and we saw it during the 2020 season, and, and I think we saw a lot of fans show up, a lot of Dodger fans especially show up in Texas, and it was, it was pretty cool. But I don't know – if it was one game, I would, I'd be in, in agreement with that, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. It's a, 
interesting discussion that we had. And I, I'm, I think we figure out a lot more during this next CBA um, mm-hmm. as well as with the new team. I mean, like what Nate mentioned, I think we're going to see the team from Nashville and I think they got to add another team um, just to even it out. I don't know if it's going to be a West coast team, whether it's in Oregon or, you know, the East coast, like Nate said in Montreal. So yeah, um, I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. So guys, again, thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos, making us the best angels podcast out there. I truly do believe it. If you could follow us on all our social medias, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, go shout us out there. Uh, stop in, say hi, slide in DMs. More than happy to talk with you um, on any of those sites. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's. You can follow Nate on Twitter at Nate Green 34 and Brock, you haven't been on in a while, so I've kind of forgot yours, but where can they find you on Twitter? And of course, if you're still streaming, throw, throw that out there too. So people know. <laughs> Uh, BDROX8 is going to be my Twitter. Uh, I won't tell you my Twitch just because I've not been on it long enough for me to even make it interesting. I I will be, if I'm still streaming a little bit this year, I'll make sure that on the podcast, I'll shout it out if I get going again. I'm I'm excited for that. We we might have to play a game on here. I know YouTube probably can probably go back and forth. I may have to play by play or something like that, or I I don't know. Well, Well, as of the other day, I became a top 3,200 player in the world for the month of December. So that's pretty impressive, actually. Like yeah. you think about how many people are playing. That's like uh, 260,000 for the month in total. Exactly. That's, that's, impressive. I haven't played video games in forever. So, um, <laughs> I, I just, I wouldn't even know where to start. I'd be, I, I think when I used to play, I used to win games one nothing because I used to just throw a ball, like throw the curve, throw curveball sliders, change up in the dirt so people would swing at it. And I'd just bunt a run in in the first and we'd be good. I'd win one nothing every time. So, Brock, you haven't been on in a while. We've been, we went through this with a bunch of people. Um, so I want to get your opinions on this now. I want you to grade the Angels offseason so far so we can kind of get a, a place of where you stand, you know, so we can maybe – maybe I'll kind of poke the bear a little bit on some occasions and see if we can get, uh, get some people upset because that's what I like to do. Okay, are you guys – okay. So I'm going to say – I'm going to give it what I got in my English class, which is an 84%. Oh, there you go. I was thinking that I, I, I was debating about what English class you were talking about. Cause if it was <laughs> you know, a ways back, it might not have been too good, but college, I know that like we all kind of step it up in college and yeah. a little bit better grades. So, so I got an 84, which is like basically a flat B, right? So I'm thinking a flat B, um, and that's not being pessimistic, but yet it's not being optimistic. Um, I do really like the Cindergard signing. However, I think that it's uh, – I listen to also another podcast starting nine. I'm sure both of you have probably heard of that. Of uh, they were both talking about the Cindergard signing, and Dallas Braden was all about it because he's like, well, all the Angels fans are talking about wanting pitching and needing pitching. They go out and – put their you know what's on the table and sign Cindergard on a gamble and certain angels fans aren't happy about it. So when he explained it that way, I'm like, okay, I can't necessarily have it both ways. I do think it's very high risk, but I think that there's also a lot of room for a lot of reward. So it's interesting. I don't know. I, I want to say that Perry saw where the rest of the off season could have been going. And that's why he was like, you know what? He just freaking saw an opportunity and he took it. Just bada bang, bada boom. Um, love the Iglesias signing. I don't think there's really anybody in the Angels fan base I could even think of that would have been not a fan of that. 
I don't think we super overpaid for him. I think it was somewhat in the middle. Uh, and Aaron Loop, I like him. I don't honestly know a bunch about him. I kind of just saw what was floating around because I don't really watch the Mets really that much, really, on the West Coast. And, you know, I just kind of see what probably you guys see on Twitter and scrolling through MLB, looking at stats, whatever. But last year was really good, I think, but he's a little bit high risk. But for what we paid for him, I think it was worth it. I think it was a pretty good uh, risk versus reward there. But I think we have, according to my research, looks like we have around $25 million left before the threshold. Whether we sign anything more, no idea, especially with the whole CBA thing going on and all that other stuff. I have no idea what's in store. The threshold might even go up and maybe Artie will be willing to spend a little bit more. I have no idea. But at least with, we'll just say hypothetically with the $25 million that is left, we'll say if I was GM, I would go right up to that threshold and I have two people that I'd want to get. One would be via trade, who we all know we have talked about a thousand times on this podcast is Herman Marquez. Okay. I believe he's owed $11 million in 2022. I think he's owed 14, I think in 23. Um, and he has a team option for 24 and free agent signing. And this might get a lot of hate, but I like it. And it would be a one or two year deal probably one because it would be a little lower risk for 10 to 12 million Kenley Jansen. Because I think if we could get loop Iglesias Jansen in whatever order you want to form it based on, you know, you got lefty, righty, righty, obviously. So depending on lineup and what Madden want to do with it and whatever, a lot of different ways you go about it, but dude, Jansen has a, I think if I remember correctly, a 237 career ERA. He's never gone above, I don't think, a 3.5 ERA in a season in his whole career. His FIP is literally identical to his ERA, literally identical. 237 ERA, 237 FIP. So I know, because I, I think all of us know a lot of Dodgers fans, they let Kenley have it. Every blown save he has, it is like he killed their family. And I'm like, guys. Dodgers have you, don't appreciate it. They don't. And I'm like, have you not seen his stats? I'm like. Dodger fans are, are at the point with Dodgers. And, and, and they didn't. I truly, I'll say this wholeheartedly. I don't think, I don't believe they won a World Series in 2020. That's, you know, it is what it is. Um, they don't appreciate it anymore. They don't appreciate the playoffs. And that's weird to say that. Like, I love the Dodgers. And, and it, I know this Angels podcast and I get a bunch of hate for it. I love the Dodgers. I know Nate loves the Dodgers. I love what they do. I think they're fantastic. They do they do it the right way. Dodger fans don't appreciate it anymore. And and it's fair to an extent. They won a World Series. They haven't gotten one yet. They haven't gotten one since 86. And it is what it is. But they just don't appreciate it anymore. Um, and I, I'm in agreement with you there, Brock. I, I think that's – I think Kenley is an underappreciated commodity in, in Los Angeles. And I think that it's it's a big market thing too. You see it in New York. A lot like you know what have you done for me lately you see it in anaheim too you know like i think pools was underappreciated i know that he wasn't uh he wasn't what he was in st louis but you know you, you kind of see it in those big markets you know it's a what have you done for me lately and and if if something hasn't been done for you lately you kind of forget about it and you kind of you don't appreciate it anymore so saying that kenley is one of the more underrated 
players in baseball, I wouldn't disagree with you there. You know, I think that, especially out West, especially out West, I, I, I don't disagree with you. And I, I think Nate and I are kind of on the same page. I think Nate had, Nate would say that Kenley is only good in the closer role. And I would agree whoa, with you. Whoa, 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 whoa. You can't <laughs> use that word? You I can't don't, use that word? I, I know that I'm not a fan of the closer, but it's, it's putting the right guy in the right spot. Rock, uh, you know? yeah, yeah. One of those things where I think that that's, that's something that I've picked up on a lot in the past six months or so. And even last year, it's, it's putting the guys in the right spot that needed to be there. Like a lot of these angels should be angels. They just shouldn't be angels in this spot. So if we did get Kenley, how would he play with Rysel? Like, would that even work? Because I think Rysel is a mainly ninth guy too. So exactly. And you, and you look at, this is something that Nate brought up to me way beforehand. Like when the angels got Iglesias was, and, and there was articles written about it too is that you look at his stats in the ninth inning compared to when he's not in safe situations or in safe situations compared to non-safe situations. I remember those. Yeah, and you, you probably were on with us too. And it was like astronomically like different. And, and yeah. it probably also you know, doesn't help that he was a starter at one point. And, and that's something that I feel like should be remembered in the back of our heads is that Rysel Iglesias was a starter at one point. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things like I've always brought up you know, I think the Angels, and you would probably be on this, Angels should trade for uh, Craig Kimbrell. I know Nate brought that up beforehand, too, a lot. And it's one of those things where you look at Kimbrell in save situations and non-save situations, it's a different beast. And we're all, we all three played baseball here. It's, it's a different beast in that ninth inning. If you've mm-hmm. ever gone out there to, to get the last three outs of a, of a game compared to, you know, the seventh or eighth or something like that. So I, I'm, I, that's something that, that's something that for sure I have really been in on lately is find the guys that get put in the right situation. You can optimize in the right situation. So I'm in on Kenley if he, if he gets put in the right situation, if that makes sense. But, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with you with anything that you've, um, you've said with that next GM thing. I just wanted to kind of get your feel on where exactly you were with the offseason. I know I'm, we haven't talked too much. Um, but I think if we, if we were to, if we were to add a little bit more, like I don't, I don't even know if we're going to get more pitching because I don't know what we're going to necessarily do or if we're going to do anything about the whole shortstop slash possible second base situation with Fletcher and, um, oh, my God, I'm having a brain fart. Help me out here. Renifo. Renifo. I mean, you got Tyler Wade there. and So Tyler Wade. So There's a bunch of guys you can throw there. If we're done there, I, I, I sure as hell don't think we're getting Correa. If we, if we get Correa, like some people on Twitter are trying to convince other Angels fans that we're getting, I would be – mind blow not necessarily out of excitement but out of surprise because that there there's no way they could formulate that contract to not yeet us right over that threshold balance so i don't know i don't know but either way i think 84 percent is okay i'm not mad i'm not happy necessarily well i am happy i'm pleased i'm pleased not stoked they went out and got what they needed like right what what was the one thing that everybody wanted like Pitching. no matter who you are, whether it's me, whether it's Nate, whether it's Andrew, whether it's some random follower on, on Facebook, what is the one thing that everybody said that the angels needed pitching? And what have they spent all their money on this off season pitching? Exactly. I mean, whether you think it's the right guys or not, you know, like you can be disappointed that they didn't go get grave men. Which he- dude, that that's all relative because yeah. the right guy is not the right guy until he's the right guy. Right. Like Robbie Ray. Last year, they're the right guy until they go above that threshold in dollar limit. And and Nate and I have talked about this many times. You know, like it, it, 
Noah Syndergaard was the right guy, just not at that amount of money. Mm-hmm. We would say. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, I guess at that right amount of money, just not at that years, like giving up what they were. So there's, they're the right guys. Like, Jan, like these guys are the right guys until they get to a certain, you know, dollar amount, you know, like I'm not giving Scherzer that amount of money. So no. So right guy, right spot. I think the angels have done a very good job this off season. I'm, I'm in agreement with you on that one. Um, Nate, I, I had something that I wanted to ask you. What's uh, what's the one thing that you say about, I don't know. I forgot what I was going to ask you. I forgot. Well, what I was going to mention about Iglesias is the big year that they really talk about is when his ERA was the worst, which I believe was two years ago, his first year with a new manager. And the biggest thing was he, he, he had a huge, huge problem with the manager. He, he went up to him and said, stop using me in tied games. My job is to finish ball games when we are ahead. Stop putting me in tie games. Stop putting me in when we're down. It's a waste of time. I don't pitch well in those situations. And we saw it in the season last year. And exactly. So when Iglesias is put in those situations, that, that's when he really, really does well. And I think Jansen's in a very similar spot. And that's why the Dodgers were never able to go and trade for that Craig Kimbrell or Russell Iglesias, whoever you want to say, because – the effects of Kenley Jansen. You can't put him in the eighth inning. He makes too much money to be, to be put in the eighth inning. And also just the attitude in the clubhouse. Like, I don't think he thinks himself as an eighth inning guy. But who knows? Maybe he, he realizes, like, nobody wants me as a closer. I'll, I'll take the eighth inning and pitch really well. But, yeah, the, the Iglesias thing was three years ago, I believe. And that was a big, big deal for him. He even recognizes it, which is crazy. Absolutely. So I'm even curious where Chicago's even going. Like I, they, the whole Stroman thing was so left field for me. I'm like, they're getting rid of everybody. And then they signed Stroman. I don't know what the hell they're doing. So, I mean, maybe Crimble's up for grabs. I don't know. Do you know how much he's making this next year? 16 mil with the White Sox. Um, the White Sox brought him back and literally. Oh my God, dude. Did you just notice my brain fart? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said White Sox instead of Chicago yeah. because I was like, <laughs> I, I did the same thing. I was like, I was like, what are we talking about here? The Cubs? I don't, th- I don't think they're getting rid of Kimbrel. No, they, they literally came out and said like we brought him back to trade him because they gave really? up so much at the deadline to get him that they were like, we can't just give him eight million dollars to leave. We have to trade him and get something back because they gave up Madrigal and Cody Heyer, and that was a huge, mm. huge steal for for the Cubs to get that much. So. The White Sox kind of feel like they, they got fleeced in that deal and they were not going to let them walk. So they have been open. That's why they signed Graveman. They have Hendricks. Like, they're willing to make Kimbrell available. It's just who wants to pay $60 million for the guy? Yeah. No, at the end of the day, it's, it'll be interesting. I know, uh, you know, if you guys are just tuning into this podcast, this uh, – I don't know. What do we call this on YouTube now? Live stream? Is that what they call it? That's sure. not technically a live stream. I don't know what it is on YouTube. I'm getting too old for this, but, uh, but yeah, if you're just tuning in with us here, we, we do, you know, we talk a little bit about all baseball. Um, we do specifically go in on the angels a lot more than not, uh, hence the name talking halos, but you know, this has been, I think a successful first, uh, YouTube podcast, if that's what we want to call it, I'll figure out the real name for it. I'm it's sure. just, I think it's just a video podcast now. Blog. It's not a blog. Not people I don't, I don't know. No, it's not a blog. We're still learning. It's fine. We're learning. We're, we're, we're learning as we go here. This is, this is good. This is good. I'm excited. This has been fantastic. Um, I don't even want to go through final thoughts at, at the moment right now. I think we, we've kind of hit the nail in the coffin. I'm excited to have Brock back on. I'm excited 
to have Nate back on. It's been a fantastic, you know, you know, I, I'm, I'm just excited with the new year um, to get people on, whether, you know, talking fans want to come on and, and join us here on, on YouTube. And we're going to continue to stay on our normal platforms with the podcast as well. Uh, it's just, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited at the end of the day, it's just going to be a lot of fun and, and we're going to see kind of where this goes. Um, like I said, hopefully we're going to be staying on YouTube as much as we can. I know we all got some ugly mugs, but we can make it work. Um, so guys, thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at talking halos, making us again, the best podcast out there. If you could go follow us, uh, wherever you are listening or watching this podcast, be fantastic. If you could also go follow us on all of our social medias, talking halos is on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can also go follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim. You can follow Nate at Nate Green 34 and Brock at B-D-R-O-X-8. I was right on. I I remember it now. So, guys, thank you so much for listening and watching, and have a great rest of your day.